What is going on, my sprudes and spruettes? Welcome back to the Trapped Under Plastic Podcast. My name is Scott, and I'm joined by... John! And this is the podcast for the miniature hobby enthusiast that comes out every other Monday. And I think we'll just keep it at that in terms of a description, because last time I tried to describe... The whole Monday <laughs> scenario, it was, it was a bad description, yeah. to say the least. Yeah, it was a, a train wreck of <laughs> sorts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, this podcast can be found on all places where you can find podcasts. Um, I don't know if that's actually true, but that's a thing people say. And I feel like it's in enough spots to say that legally without having any like repercussion. Yeah, I'm sure the first three comments below in the YouTube channel will all be about places where it's not. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. A- actually, mm-hmm. uh, you forgot about this obscure website okay well yeah i did all right in this podcast we we lay it out in three sections the first section we talk about what we painted in the last two weeks we talk about then a topic of discussion this week it's about how miniature painting is affected by social media and then finally we talk about news which is a bunch of just relevant things that are happening in the miniature community that are worth talking about maybe new releases maybe um, certain content creators doing uh, certain things worthy of note, maybe events happening in the miniature community, whatever happens. Yeah, that sounds like a great description. How many times do you think we need to describe this podcast in the beginning before it's just like, okay, we can stop doing this? Yeah, I think probably now. Now, <laughs> this is it. Like, <laughs> five, we're five episodes deep and we've been doing this every single episode. It's like, okay, maybe we can stop now. Okay, who knows? Uh, yeah, I think probably if for that small segment of people that really like this kind of of podcast topic, we've we found all those people now. So they are, <laughs> this is all this is not growing anymore. Yeah, these are repeat customers. <laughs> at this point. Yeah. So before we get into the the first category, we have some we've had some some fun stories. So making things online is interesting because the reality is that anyone and everyone can listen to it or you know or watch it, whatever it's a video or a podcast. And you don't think about that. So you say stuff that you maybe wouldn't say <laughs> if a specific person was listening. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying we've done that, but we, we talk about Angel Garales, we talk about Darren Latham, and they, they reached out to us. Yeah. And it's like, okay, these heavyweight people in the industry are listening to our <laughs> podcast, at least that episode. Yeah. Right? Well, and it, the thing is about creation, and like... Like, I'm going to go in this whole philosophical rant right here. Like, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, like, um, as per usual. Yeah. Um, is that it's a very solitary activity, and especially from, like, this a podcast or a YouTube, you know, peanut gallery stuff. It's like, you do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. And we're a, it's a very um, solitary hobby in general, right? When I'm yeah. painting miniatures, I'm not, like doing it with 20 buddies you know watching the game like it's a very solitary activity (laughs) so i think there's something about us just like talking about the things we would talk about anyway yeah we don't consider those implications of uh oh who is listening to this maybe we said that in a different way if i knew they were gonna (laughs) listen you know yeah so if i'm like crapping on games workshops like painting competitions and then darren's like hey cool podcast he's like oh shit <laughs> like you heard everything I said. Um, but yeah, that's just a funny thing that, you know, it's a, I don't know if I'd call it a learning lesson. Cause I don't think we did anything wrong in particular, but it's just a funny thing to take note of. Yeah. Um, I think it was, it was humbling a little bit, Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. also it was like, I felt very grateful. Like, Holy cow. You know, it's like, it, it gives us a little bit more, you know, giddy up 
to want to keep doing this because oh these, these people have listened now yeah. that might have been the only time they will ever listen so <laughs> we've lost them i think like every four episodes we just shit on somebody really bad <laughs> just to see if they're yeah, listening yeah. <laughs> hey, hey you still there because you suck <laughs> and your mama sucks yeah who should we do that for um p3 we're coming for you next p3 Oh God! No. That's not a real. That's a person. We could. We we'll, we'll talk about Dallas Kemp later. But yeah, yeah, we could. Yeah, we yeah. can't do Dallas now. Dallas through P three. You're well, next. Yeah, Dallas, you're next. <laughs> now that you're with the new company, <laughs> yeah. Atomic Games. All right, we're gonna drop the bomb on you. Oh, nice. See what nice I did reference. there? That was good. Yeah, I have another story I wanted to tell before we get into the main thing. It's a great I, story. you're trying really hard. What? Not to say anything. Meat and potatoes. No, 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 no. I'm not you. <laughs> I'm better. Before we get into the main thing, <laughs> the the meat is forming in my mouth. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, I have a story. Um, okay, so I'm scratch building a robot right now. Like um, a real robot? Yeah, like I'm Iron Man. That's awesome. I'm Tony Stark. No, it's a scale. It's a 75 millimeter scale robot. I have this model, and it is a model from scale 75, and... Did they it's, steal it from somebody else? No. Well, I, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> they could have maybe. It's Iron Giant. Damn it. <laughs> it's it's a model called the Chronicler. It's like a it's like a it seems like a half cyborg, half man dude, and he's got like a techno staff. And it seems like the the general story of this guy would be like, okay, this guy goes and he scavenges tech and he brings it back to his lair and like makes crap out of it. And I was like, okay, I want to kind of do something different. I was like, I want to make this guy a technomancer, which is like mm -hmm. a necromancer, mm -hmm. but for robots. Mm -hmm. So I, I need a scratch build, like a partially built robot that's kind of like coming to life. Like he's bringing it to life. So it's like a combo of like magic and technology. And so I'm scratch building this robot and I need a way for its joints to articulate. You know, okay, I can make joints easy enough. You get a hollow styrene rod. You fill it with epoxy sculpt. You stick like a, a piece of brass rod through it. There's your forearm, okay? You got a, you got connection points on either side, kind of a meatier forearm. Do the same thing with the bicep, make it a little bit shorter, whatever. But how do those arms actually like articulate and rotate? Well, I thought I could just have a, a disc. Imagine like a, like a compact disc shape, but like thicker. Yep. And, you know, one part of the limb is attached on the left side of the disc, others on the right side. So it kind of mm -hmm. just go chin, chin, like real simple. Yeah. Because like, how do I make discs? Okay. How, how would you make discs? Like little small scale, one millimeter thick, one millimeter diameter discs. Um, I would get a put you on the spot here. coin or something and that, too trace big. that. Too, too big. big. Yeah. I would. Good idea though. I don't. Uh, yeah, Isn't I would like try a to tiny find washer. I try to find yeah, something like that. Yeah, oh, like fill a washer. In. A washer actually would probably be really nice because it has the inside that's been scooped out already. <laughs> scooped out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you didn't know this, but it, on the actually assembly line, there's a little man with a tiny little ice cream scooper. <laughs> it's like and molten metal, and he's yeah. like scoops it out. <laughs> okay, so that that, that might have been smart. But what I did, I took a brass rod, which was the diameter that I wanted. And I was like, okay, how do I cut this into small discs? And I was like, okay, I'll start with the hobby saw. That doesn't take too long. <laughs> like, like just sawing. It was like, this is too long. I go to my chop saw, my miter saw, uh -huh. power tool. If you don't know what chop saw is, it's uh, it's used for um, not ripping, but the other cutting operation where you cut things to uh, length, not width. I can't think right now. Um, cross cutting. Um, it's a big, it's a big power tool. It's loud. It's scary. Um, I put the this tiny 
one millimeter one millimeter diameter brass rod on the chop saw and i'm cutting it and it works fine soft metals like aluminum and brass can be cut on woodworking tools just fine not like steel though yeah so i'm cutting it and i'm like this seems okay and then i get to the very end and i cut it and it the rotation of the blade <laughs> takes this tiny metal freaking bullet <laughs> sends it backwards it hits the back concrete wall of my shop that ricochets into the CFL tube light fixture on my ceiling, <laughs> shatters the tube, glass gets everywhere, mercury is raining from the sky, <laughs> and I'm like, that was stupid. <laughs> if that hit the, the wall face. at a different angle, hit me in the face, my glasses would be broken and I'd be blind in one eye. Wow. So don't do that. <laughs> Take your time with your little handsaw, is what or, you're saying. Well, no, I wouldn't even, I'd find a different solution because that literally would take way too long. Hmm. Or, I mean, I'm not patient. Maybe it wouldn't take long for you. <laughs> Maybe you have muscles. <laughs> uh, just, or I think if you had a miter box, you know, like a, like a little, yep. yeah, that would make it easier. Yep. I was just like kind of like freehanding it and it was all over the place, but that was terrifying. So were you in there in darkness or was there other light in the room? There's after? one tube that's still illuminated, but it was the weaker of the two. So it was very dim. Oh yeah. It's suddenly like a scene out of a horror movie. It's yeah. Like, shattering glass, white cloud. Yeah. I was like, Oh God, what did I just do? <laughs> I told my wife that story and she did not find it very funny. No. She's like, you're an idiot. Um, I did. Not, I am. I did not see this coming. Obviously, I would not have done it if I knew. Yeah, it was going to be hot and molten copper rod shooting at my face. Yeah, my favorite quote: "Hindsight's twenty twenty, babe." Come yeah. on. <laughs> All right, let's get on to it. Let's talk about what we have painted in these past couple of weeks. I just spoke for a while, so why don't you go first? So I have uh, officially started painting my resin beast piece for resin beast twenty twenty. Yeah, I've seen it. Um, so it's a dragon. I'm doing the dragon this year. Um, there's just so many demons and I really like their dragon. There's just, you know, there's a buttload of dragons out there, especially for like, um, D and D Reaper has probably made like 7 million <laughs> dragons at this point, <laughs> but I just don't like most dragons. I'm a dragon son snob. I understand. Really. I'm a, I'm a vampire snob. So yeah. I get it. I get it. Um, but this one has a lot of character, a lot of movement, a lot of, like the back is hunched and it feels like it has weight to it. It feels like the the wings work within the realm of physics to be able to make this thing fly. Okay. And that's something that almost never happens in miniature dragons. You're like, this thing weighs two tons and those, you know, wings couldn't lift a Ford Focus. Like it just <laughs> doesn't make any difference to them. So, um, so I really like this dragon. Um, and so I did a, a bunch of of research on how I was going to paint this dragon. And the first thing I did was research lizards. And I wanted to find um, real paint, real colorations of lizards in the wild that are crazy because they exist in the real world. So, but they also will draw your eye to it. It's not just a gray dragon or a green dragon or a yellow brown dragon. It's right. um, And I found this skink who has this, insanely bright red orange head a skink a skink a skink is that's a unit in the lizardman army it's it's also it's a, a real, real thing yes okay yep. well i'm learning something yeah so there it's it's a real lizard there's a 
hundreds of different, maybe not hundreds, but there's a lot of different kinds of skinks. Okay. Uh, the most common is the blue tongue skink. Most folks know of it, but oh right, yeah. yeah. You guys have heard of the blue tongued <laughs> skink, have you not? I mean, I have certainly, <laughs> certainly, Charles. Oh my gosh. Um, and 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 so he's got a bright, bright, bright red orange head, and it fades right around his neck to a very, very pretty teal. Um, so I really like that color scheme. I looked at snakes too, but snakes are a little bit different because they don't have any expenditures. That's probably not the right word Appendages. here. Appendages. <laughs> Expenditures. Okay. They don't have to buy anything. You teach me stuff about skinks. I teach you about the English language. Right. Okay. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> um, but then I wanted to have some more uh, modulation and some more... Um, uh, coloration variation because it's a big body on the sucker so just going r- red to teal and that's it was mm-hmm. to be too boring and then i started researching what people think dinosaurs looked like and oh. how this, their scales and color modulation works on dinosaurs okay which is all made up yes. i don't understand this like they're they're not taking what they've learned based on uh what alligators and crocodiles look like and they like make it into the dinosaur thing they're giving them like stripes and crap are you saying that jurassic park <clears throat> isn't historically accurate um i don't know are you questioning there's no Spielberg feathers right on now? those no there's totally feathers on dinosaurs okay yeah um yeah, you got but, deep in this yeah you're yeah, basically yeah. like a biologist yes. at this point. <laughs> so i um i found the combination of a kind of a uh scale modulation with the coloration of the skink and i'm putting them together and here's where the painting is suddenly making me very nervous okay i'm painting on big variations of color like big stripes of dark brown or big sections of of cream and i do this all in the early steps to get all your colors on there first and I'm worried about when it comes to going through the finishing process of how light and highlights and shade and shadows will work over the same surface that has drastic color changes to make it look natural. Yeah. And so I just have not painted in the last three days because I'm totally blocked on this right now. So you don't have a solution for it? I'm just going to keep my solution with this is my solution to everything is I will just keep painting and I'll figure it out. Sure. Yeah. No, I, I definitely understand that. Yeah. So I have a question for you. I have several questions. Um, no, just one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you researched lizards with the intention of finding wacky color schemes. And I, I totally understand that from the perspective of trying to find, um, motivation. It's inspiration. Sure. From the perspective of inspiration, that makes a lot of sense to me. Did you also do this because you wanted to create a dragon that could exist in real life if dragons did exist in real life? Mm-hmm. So here's my thing. Most people are not going to know that there is a lizard that's bright red and bright blue. They're just going to assume you chose those two colors. Yeah. yeah. So in my in my world i'd be like i'm just gonna pick whatever colors i want to pick because people aren't gonna know of the bright red and bright blue skink anyways no i mean i I, I, sure i can say that's a real thing in real life but like at that point there's gonna be like oh okay so you know allow me to retort retort um i love this (laughs) this is great um 
it's that's not the the point the point to yes. me was that i could see a finished lizard <laughs> in that color scheme and see exactly how the colors work together and pop in a finished painting great painting is actually a photograph of a real thing yeah also is I, it? <laughs> <laughs> also i get to learn about the environment of which the skink lives and build further in uh you know, inspiration yes. of how I want to do the basing and all that too. And, yes. and you build my story there. But I also with then looking at from one photograph of this skink to elaborating and doing more digging, I can actually figure out what kind of colors on that bright red orange um, head did the highlights when light hit them? What color did it turn into? Yeah. How much shine is there? How much like pure white off of these scales are there? So it's helping me with further decision making of when I get to the more detailing process. It's research. Yep. Yes. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. And no one needs to know that it's a real skink. All I know is I saw the picture. I thought those colors looked cool together. Yes. And I'm going to copy that. Excellent. Um, okay. Great. And now a suggestion. Uh, do you know a Russian or Eastern European painter, his Instagram handle, or it's a, I don't know if it's a he or she, it's we7art. I do. I, I, I follow them, but I, I can't picture particularly what. Can you remember how they paint? Is that the one where they... <laughs> little that's trumpet my, right there. It's my brain that just clapped, <laughs> checked out. sound. <laughs> I haven't upgraded to a solid state drive. <laughs> yeah, you got to find the right platter. Okay, good section. Uh, is that the one where they do like, it looks like, everything looks like water with these like reflections of water, even and if it's not a watery surface? It probably isn't. I don't think so. But maybe you might have seen something that I haven't seen. Okay, but it, it's not because that's what that person paints like everything like okay. that way. Okay. So. I think. Oh no, you're talking about Kaha. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It, no, it's not Kaha. Um, I have no idea how to say her real name. Um, yes. but uh, this person, We Seven Art. Uh, I don't know if they still paint this way, but for a few figures in a row, they probably spent the majority of their time working on their undercoat, the white to black undercoat. And then the finished model was tints on top of that undercoat. So your problem is like, how do I maintain highlight and shadow across wildly different colors? Well, it's you build an undercoat and then paint with translucent colors, right? That's how you do it. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So like, but like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about like, just like use your airbrush and white ink. I'm talking like this person really really labors over their undercoat so what they would do is they would go and they would black line wash each individual scale not only would they have the the, the major volumes blocked out in whites and grays and blacks and, and dark grays but they'd also have all the micro volumes laid out so all of the pin all the all the paneling would be done everything would be done and then they would be applying translucent color on top so it's like i want to say almost like 65 or 70% of the time is spent on the undercoat itself. And then you're putting the colors on top. Is this the guy that did that? It was either a 54 or 72 mil scale. And it was like a big dude with like two axes. And it was kind of a, like a demon. Possibly. This is probably like a year ago. Possibly. Yeah. And he spent like 150 hours on the miniature. Yeah. To do it in that grayscale, yeah, yeah, and sent you know then shared pictures and everyone's like that's freaking amazing. And then he was like, oh, I'm going to start the colors next, and everyone just assumed the miniature was done. Yeah, probably. And I'm just like, that's freaking stupid, man. Why you spend that much time 
doing that. Well, it's it's okay for for that particular application. I don't understand why, but for your particular application where you have these drastic color shifts and the volumes remain the same, it almost makes sense. I get that, but. Like do you want to do that? It's too late, Scott. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I have the colors on there. Hey, man, nothing's too late for a bath of good old oh. simple green. Oh, we're going to talk about that in our in the after party today. The after party. John, what's the after party? Uh, the after party is the extended cut, the director's edition of Trapped Under Plastic. It's a ching. Here's, here's the ads five. <laughs> all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the caveat is, is this uh, after party is open to all of our patrons. Yes. Yeah, so all you got to do is hang out with us uh, on Patreon and you get some great benefits, one of the main one being the yeah. after party. So for some reason, if you'd like to hear us talk and you want to hear us talk for more, you can. We do three extra segments that probably equates to 30 extra minutes of podcast. Yep. Yeah. All right, cool. Anything else you painted this past couple of weeks? Um, no. No? Okay. Um, I painted... You? Thank you for jumping on your toes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I painted two things, probably. Um, the Dional Beast, which was a model from a Kickstarter for a sponsored YouTube video. And the leader of my tribe in the game, Hate, made from Kumani or not, my tribe being called Bulgar. It's like the satyr, clan of the moon, priestess kind of tribe it's the, it's the coolest one can you say the name of the tribe again for us bulgar <laughs> i like the 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 role Sinto escrito sobre ar. <laughs> yeah um so we'll start with diano beast i don't paint monsters a whole lot uh you probably paint them more than i have i've painted one creature caster model and i kind of blitzed through it um and this is probably the second monster that i've painted and i don't know if we've discussed this in the past maybe we brought it up we brought it up about your um resin beasts entry that monsters don't have these defined ending and beginning areas of color like a space marine does yes like that's his utility bell that's his leg armor that's his eye lens okay these all have specific colors i need to use a monster is kind of like it each color flows into the next and you get to decide like john you could look for inspiration on Google images at lizards. I could have looked at maybe like uh, pictures of horses because this animal kind of had kind of a, uh, a horse like, uh, like mus- musculature to it. Um, it's, it's, it's much more free form. It's, it's like a canvas and not so much like a 3d coloring book. Yeah. That's you have like a centaur, like a centaur with, kinda, a, with yeah. a demon centaur. Yeah. What's the name of that? Like there's like a lupine. That's like dog. What's like the genus of horse. You know what I'm talking about? Equine. Is that, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it is. Okay. Um, Way so to yes. put me on the spot. You like, got it, though. I got, you got it. it. That was good. It took me a minute. I had um, to load it in the hard disk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, that, that's that's the first challenge of monsters. Second challenge is that horses, and this this guy included, the Dional Beast, um, they have complicated musculature. Mm-hmm. And each muscle has a volume in need of being shaded and highlighted. And, of course... I got I got figs to paint and vids to make. So like I, yeah. I airbrushed that crap like the entire body. Um but I had some fun with it because um for the highlights, I started with the maximum shadow as base coat. And then for the highlights, instead of mixing in acrylic paint, I mixed in ink. So like oh. I had a dark brown, and instead of mixing in yellow paint and white paint, I mixed in yellow ink and white ink. And this made the highlight application smoother and more easy to bear. Um, 
So I like that. I thought it was a good little thing because the white ink is nice because you can mix that in with other colors and the white ink has some opacity to it. Yes. Whereas the other inks don't. Yes. And it has, um, it creates a kind of a smooth mm-hmm. upgrade step. Yeah. And, and it's probably quicker to just like bloop, bloop, two drops and then you, you were able to do it faster. Yeah. I've, I found, um, I've not done a lot of natural kind of animal um, paint jobs, but I have done a, a griff hound. Do you know what a griff yeah, hound is? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I really loved doing the the subtlety that's required for the shadows and the highlights over that natural kind of hide and musculature. Mm-hmm. You have it. It takes a lot more of a of a gentle hand to make that look realistic. Okay. I also did the Morn Ghoul by Forge World, and he's like tearing up a horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was the funnest part of painting that model for me was the painting horse? painting up the gourd horse. Wow. Okay. I don't think I have that picture of that model out on Instagram, so I'll do that. Okay. And that's a segue into the the models that we're talking about, what we painted. We will um you'll find on our Instagram our kind of yes. pictures of those. And in the past, in the first three episodes, I've been pretty bad about linking the miniatures, like the ones that we've painted that we're talking about right now, but I'll do that. Uh, I did it on the past episode and I'll do it for this one. So anything we talk about that has an online reference, it'll be linked in the show notes that you can check out for yeah. sure. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was Diano Beast. Had fun with it. Gave it, it it's from a, it's from a story that's called the, it's like a, a plagued garden. Um, and you know, it has creepy flower petals for hair, for a, he- a head. And I was experimenting with the idea of using color temperature to draw the viewer's eyes to something you wanted to give attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've seen the video, you understand the concept, but it's like the whole model is painted in warm tones, pinks, yellows, uh, brown reds, um, uh, warm whites, etc. except for the face. The face is painted in blue and the eyes are teal. And so it's like, that's the only cold thing on the model. So because of that, your your attention is drawn to essentially the face of the miniature. So I was using that model as a way to demonstrate that idea of using car temperature to draw the viewer's attention. Um, yeah. I, I want to talk about that miniature for a moment. Talk about it. All right. I, I got to make sure I don't whisper. So No whispering. I really like that miniature. Yeah. I think it's creepy AF. Yeah. And I think that the technique that you did um, to to draw almost a an alarming sudden shift yeah. in it really helps in the horror vibe that it has because really? it feels like from the body of the horse feels like it looks like a horse. And then you have this where your first uh, initial contact with this being something foreign is your eyes drawn up is seeing those the petals and suddenly like this is not a horse and then when you get to the face it's the this shocking change of color temperature that is now like instilling that it's not all right it's not gonna end well something went wrong (laughs) right um (laughs) and so i thought that was a great model for that and i like that model in general and i would like to paint all of those models (laughs) yeah there's some cool ones it's very uh kdm inspired I'm really not inspired, but it's just kind of in that same family of design. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting because like these these are models for D and D, and like whenever I think about D and D, it's like okay, low or high fantasy. Sure. This is like something entirely different. This is like horror almost, yeah. and it's like D and D is way more 
uh, malleable than I have been thinking about it in my brain. Yes. Yeah. You're, yep. You're absolutely right. Yeah. You are the the, the entry level D and D is like I go fight a goblin. We go save the town. Then we level up. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's that, a great jingle. Right. That's yeah. That, that's actually you know in the new Wizards of the Coast commercials. That's, <laughs> I wrote that for them. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote them. But I mean, also the term D and D is is now just used as like a synonymous term for playing tabletop role-playing games too so when you say D, maybe that game that uses that isn't exactly D, not that you couldn't use it but other horror-based role-playing games it's like saying kleenex kleenex is the name brand but right. we're talking about Xerox. you know booger catchers yeah. right that's yeah. what we're talking about tissues yeah so anyway i liked i like that model i like that use of it um Thank you. Yeah. My ego is expanding. Are <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>, your pants? <laughs> um, in, in addition to the Dional Beast, I painted the tribe leader of my hate clan. Um, and I went for an African-American skin tone. Mm-hmm. I've never, I've done it once before on the captain in my mortician guild ball team uh scalpel she is a she has a dreadlock she's uh she's modeled as an african-american woman and i painted her as such and i didn't do too well on that one and i took my lessons i learned and brought it into this gal Mm -hmm. um and it turned out really nicely i think for a fast skin tone um and i think the key is just to use a paint range that's more satin than scale 75 i i hate to say that because it's like it's almost like a cop-out but like I think African American skin tones are significantly um, uh, more satin than than Caucasian skin tones. Hmm. Uh, maybe maybe it's not. Maybe because it's it's darker, it seems that way. Sure. Because you know, like with a white skin tone, the highlight being white, maybe it seems less significant. And then yeah. a dark skin tone has the same color highlight, but the contrast is higher because of the the change in skin tone color. Um, I'm not sure. I haven't actually looked into that. That's I a, don't know. That's a great question, though. Yeah. Um, but either way, it, it seems like the, the satin nature of their skin is more apparent. So I used the satin range. I used Citadel. And I really tried to pump the contrast, go to really dark and really bright highlights. Um, and that worked out nicely. But the other thing I'm really excited about with that model and also with painting the rest of my tribe is the idea that I kind of came to after marinating on it for a while. So... I was talking with Emil from Age of Squidmar. Rather, he was talking and I was just listening in a mm-hmm. Discord server. And he was like, it takes me six months to paint a miniature. And what he, he didn't mean it, it's active painting. It's like he buys a miniature, he puts it together, maybe puts some, a painted coat on it. But then he, let's, he sits on it and he thinks about it. He walks his dogs, takes care of his kids. He, he, uh, he makes dinner. And, and, and every once in a while, you know, he takes a shower. He'll think about that model for 10 minutes. And he'll be like, I tried this. I tried that. And I do the same thing. That's mm-hmm. why I don't listen to music when I walk my dogs or when I make dinners because I'm thinking about just extraneous crap. <laughs> that my wife, about space marines. That my wife thinks it's stupid. She's like, yeah. she's like, she always asks me, like, what are you thinking about? It's oh, like, don't t- don't ask me that. Yeah, don't you? Yeah. You don't want to know, right? It's like most women are, soldiers. Most women are gonna be like, oh, it's it's some terribly horrible, like <laughs> sex based thing. It's like, no, I'm trying to figure out which colors to use for the yellow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then they're like, Jesus Christ, that's <laughs> yeah, what what? Just goes on in your head. That's worse. Uh, that's way worse than naked ladies. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I will. I do the same thing. I'll, I'll sit on a miniature and I'll marinate and I'll think about like, what's the cool thing gonna be about this figure that I really is the reason why I enjoy painting it. Mm. Um, and and what, I, what I discovered was I'm gonna make them all freaking Jedi's. <laughs> so what? <laughs> so there's a hierarchy in a hate tribe. 
you have your prince, which is your big bad bruiser. He's the biggest model. He's the strongest guy um, or girl. Why is he so much bigger, like anatomically? Because um, oh shit, that was a lower question. There's a, there's a reason. <laughs> Do you want to know it? it there's shards of gods that fell down from the sky when the old gods died, and certain people found them and took them and when they found them it caused this anatomical this physical growth of strength and size um isn't that the exact no same it's not god story as god tier I'm, I'm, I'm messing up yeah there's a reason i don't know what it is <laughs> i read the comic and i can't remember what it is i was, that really, is god I was tier. really hoping that that was the actually the lore of that game because that's the same lore as god tier <laughs> we'll check the tape we'll check, check. We'll check. uh there's the reason is there's lore they get a thing it makes them like get a mu- it's a mushroom it's a super mario mushroom <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly um so yeah there there's the prince then there is the uh champion the champion is like your strategical leader of your tribe smaller some are smaller some are bigger and then you have your your shaman. Shaman is obviously the, the wizard of your tribe. Why'd you say that like Sean Connery? It's the shaman. Shaman. Because I got a little Sean Connery in me. I don't know. No, I have no idea. It was unintentional. Um, and then you have your warriors. You have uh, six warriors. And you have two young bloods, the noobs. Okay, so my idea was that, okay, all the, the three big bads are all going to have weapons that are fully glowing. Okay. Um, and then the, the warriors are going to have weapons that are crackling with purple energy. Like their weapons are beginning to transform. And then the young ones are going to have nothing, normal weapons. And this is going to be a sign of status in my tribe. And it's going to give me an opportunity to do some fun OSL. Uh, that's quick and dirty. And I'm just excited about making giant glowy axes and swords. What? So what we've learned what is that you're making the, the hate tribe Jedi. Yes. And you chose purple. Yes. So then, therefore, you must paint the prince like Samuel L. Jackson. Yes. From the Phantom Mace Menace. Windu. Yes. I that's couldn't I think said of his name. I was in the video. I was like, the, the, my, my champion is a gender-bent Mace Windu. <laughs> oh. But, but the beastmen in my tribe, I want to have white fur. White fur, African-American skin tones for the rest of the people. This is a really interesting contrast of colors, so it's not going to be Mace Windu. Mm, you can sculpt give him the bald head uh, yeah. <laughs> he's got a pretty significant hat thing going on yeah, so. that's our second samuel jackson uh jackson jackson uh jackson uh reference so far in this episode what's the first one allow me to retort oh is that like uh it's from pulp fiction okay yeah god damn it pulp fiction can we watch that tonight not the greatest of jesus what are we all right we're gonna we're gonna turn this into a tarantino podcast <laughs> turn this car around Tarantino, after Inglorious Bastards, really figured out how to make movies. Oh my god! After Inglorious Bastards, other than the fact that Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs are his two okay. greatest films, Reservoir Dogs was an interesting movie. That's amazing. From the concept of filming a movie entirely in one room and having it still be entertaining, yeah. it was a feat. Okay, I'll say that. Yeah, but he is as a good as Inglorious Bastards. Kid. Okay, Inglorious Bastards is good. You get a comment, and I won't comment back. Okay, Django Unchained is better. Okay, that's your opinion. I'm happy with it. I mean, Inglorious Bastards. This is the second comment. Uh, this one you can retort upon. No, Inglorious Bastards has the best villain in any Tarantino film. Yeah. Okay, I agree. Okay, I agree. Okay, before this does become a movie podcast, <laughs> which it has the potential to do. Yeah. Um, 
so that was what we painted. And now the next topic is the discussion topic. Uh, and I think we came up with this one, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. And this question is, is social media impacting, ruining, affecting miniature painting? Positive ways, negative ways. I guess the title presupposes that it's negative. It's ruining it. Okay. But we can also talk about the good things, can't we? I think we can. Okay, cool. I think we can. So you seemed excited to talk about this. Um, and I also have some things I want to say, but do you want to kick us off or should I kick us off? I, um, is there like I've, a way we should structure this conversation? I, I feel like this is something that professionals will have already answered by now, but we like, did not do that. Professionals like what, like Jordan B. Peterson, <laughs> like, like psych- psychiatric professionals. Like, like what? no, like key and peel. Like they would know what to do right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, right, right. They'd be prepared. <laughs> right. We're not. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I I was excited about it because I bring enthusiasm to everything in life, Scott, and oh. you do not. <laughs> wow, wow. Okay, I'm gonna go cry after this. Yeah, uh, you should. Um, I'll kick us off. Why not? Go. Okay. The problem. The first thing I thought of when you brought this up was that social media is all about showing off, kind of. It allows us to all scratch the narcissistic itch. Yeah, but in a few ways. One, I put a thing online, people comment saying, oh, you're so good. <laughs> What's one, one, one way. Two way, you got likes and other things Ooh. similar to likes. That number goes up, you feel better. You get, this, you get this feeling of accomplishment. That's another thing. It does some brain juice stuff. Right. I've, I heard some research on that. It does. I sound very professional right now. Right, brain juice, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. So here's, here's the thing. So when... <sighs> You get you hit your stride and you're like getting like okay two hundred likes five hundred likes a thousand likes talking about Instagram right now sure like you, you hit an average and then you put work into something and you post it online and it goes below average mm. and you're like you're like wow I tried really hard on that thing and it got less than my normal stuff what is wrong with me personally I I'm not as good now or yeah I did, what or ha- this paint job is worse so, I'm getting worse so yeah one thing worth talking about how people's value is tied to that number of likes, of shares, of engagements, whatever they are. But the next thing is how people react to this number. I'm going to paint something that's popular to bring that number back up, to bring me back in the green about how I feel about myself. Mm. And you know what they paint? Space Marines! Space Marines! So it takes these super popular subjects people aren't necessarily super enamored with, and it just it bloats it. There's just more of these popular things because people have the need to please. So are you, are you saying that the reason why Space Marines' popularity continues to grow, maybe not the origin of its popularity, mm-hmm. has some basis in in this social media realm absolutely a hundred percent yes really cool yeah i didn't think about i that. would never paint a space marine on a youtube video if i didn't think it would perform better on youtube yeah. there okay some some sculpts are cool and i think it's about a lot of miniatures that, that they're cool like the ocrc bone reapers uh mortark yeah is cool i'm never gonna paint that model yeah same thing about space marines like Reavers, they're cool. I painted one. I wouldn't paint it if it wasn't for a video and I know it wasn't going to do well. Yeah. So yeah, that that cycle perpetuates their popularity. I think I think you've um you've hit two separate yes. linked but both very important points here. Okay, oh, can, can I summarize? Can I summarize? Please. So because of this, there is less 
not, I don't want to call it creativity, but diversity in miniature painting. Mm. That's the that's the bottom line. Okay, you go. You, you go. I, I, now I want to I want to jump off of that. Okay, and then we'll go back. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's two main things that do really well in social media, and and maybe we need to define this too. We're we're mostly talking about Instagram, but yes. you can also, in some ways compare this in youtube absolutely for, for videos absolutely you can compare it in facebook for for whether it's your army's group page or it's mini painting page or tabletop minions page. patreon tutorials whatever it yep. is like what does bohan paint all the time yep exactly space marine stuff exactly and 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 even like on a facebook group asking for cnc we're gonna get to cnc in a moment we're not gonna hit that i don't yet. know how that's related but i'm excited to hear. oh it's yeah we're gonna crack this puppy all open. All right. <laughs> but it's still sharing the pictures on the Facebook page. And it does at that point, it has a very similar effect yes. as Instagram. Right. But we're mostly referring to this in Instagram because it's the biggest one. And, and, you know, quite frankly, Instagram is, is an amazing platform if used properly for miniature painting. Can it be used improperly? Um, I think when you're using, when, when you don't understand how the algorithms work and how the liking and following and all that stuff. If you, if you think that that is related solely to how good you are and you let that affect you, sure. then that is not understanding the tool properly and, and it can have a negative impact on you. Absolutely. I think that that's a very mature thing that even I don't have fully figured out. Mm. You, Cause I, I put out videos that I put a lot of effort into that they don't do well and it affects me emotionally. It's like how to dissociate yourself from that success, that that number. I don't know if that just takes time or like a different personality than I have. But anyways. You can get a new one if you want yeah, one. Yeah, just go to the vending machine. Yeah, I'll get you a copy of my hard drive. <laughs> Pop her in. <laughs> um, so there's uh, where I was going with this is there are there's like a there's two main points here of what does really, really well. One, there is the sliding scale that starts at Space Marines and ends at <laughs> Ends at, I, I made this out of DOS clay myself, <laughs> right? Right. Um, so, you know, there's the peak and then it goes down from there. Somewhere along the way, there's like, there's dragons and there's blah, 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 blah. So that's one thing there's is just- Star Wars. Y- yeah. Like, but that kind of relates to my other thing of what's also will do really well is who gets out a high quality paint job of a new sexy GW release first. First. Yeah. Or e- you can even be in the top five-ish too, right? But yeah. usually there's like one big hitter. Like I just think back to um, when Andy Wardle got out the new Sylvaneth dude from the box. This was just like a couple months ago. And he was the first one to finish it. And actually, he I think he entered that into Everchosen. Um, and so it, that's just like a prime example of who gets the new hotness. Yeah. Um, I talked about that in the Vinci V interview about, <laughs> you know, when you're talking about painting competitions like similar rules apply to social media right uh, that do also apply in painting competitions um like last year sam lens at adepticon submitted the abaddon he had been abaddon had been out for like two weeks at that point right and he cranked out a high quality version and i remember you and i were talking with him as he was deciding which sci-fi mini to enter and I told them, you got to do a badden because no one else is going to enter in a badden because yeah. no one else is crazy enough to get that quality. To paint it in two weeks. Yep. Of that quality. Sam likely has a hookup with GW to get stuff early. That asshole. Because they, uh, <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> they have that with several people um, where they'll send 
stuff, new stuff to them uh, when they release. And it's just for free advertisement. That's what it is. Um, but, you know, it's kind of cool to get the GW stuff early. Daz. <laughs> what? I was saying, Daz, come on. I mean. Help us out. I already got the hookup. Where are you at? Um, <laughs> uh, right here. Right here, Scott. <laughs> um, you know, it's helpful. Sometimes I got those uh, those dudes who skin their faces and wear them on their waistbands. What are they called? Uh, the War Cry guys? War Cry guys, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you got those like early. Yeah. Um, and something else. They sent me the contrast paint stuff. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, that's that's a that's clutch. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna paint with that stuff tonight. Do it. I'm gonna steal all your contrast stuff. John is uh sleeping over tonight because Sam Lenz is in town and he's at my house and we're shooting a skit tomorrow. Uh and I have no idea when it'll be out, hopefully before the end of the year. Yeah. Um it's a great skit. It's quality. We haven't we haven't filmed it yet, but, it, oh, but it's, it's gonna it's, be great. The screenplay is written, the storyboard is sixty percent done. We, <laughs> um it's quality. Wardrobe is taken care of. War, there's a wardrobe. Yeah. Okay? Like there's a location. We're not shooting in the basement of no. someone's house. We're, we have a location we're going to to shoot in. Okay? It's quality. It's quality. Yeah. Um it's gonna be great. So but we're yeah. taking it to Sundance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna get those little wreaths. Yeah, I want those wreaths. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, it's gonna be good. Um, is, there, I, is there like a is there like a fifteen minute or less nerd video category in Sundance? Because if there is, we're gonna we're gonna slay. We're gonna crush it. <laughs> I doubt it. Um, rough topic. Um, it just doesn't matter, man. Right, but I'd say just say it as it's not yeah, a negative yeah, yeah. thing. Right, 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 right. It's like let's reel it back in. Reel it in. Social media's effect on miniature painting. Um, we're not done yeah. talking talking about this yet. <laughs> no, no, we certainly aren't. Uh, I brought up uh, Darren Latham. I posted on his video of he he did a video of um, uh, top twenty tips because he hit. Uh, oh my gosh, I've been meaning to watch this. Yeah, he it's a really good video. Um, his insight is really interesting. But one thing he says is that it, to get better, um, you need to have a brain trust. Right, a brain trust is like three, uh, like three to five people that you all have created a, a social contract to work together to help each other get better. And this is something that's done. If this, I don't think this is done in America, but no. I know it's done all over the place in Europe. Yeah, I mean, I know people share stuff around and they right. get like feedback for stuff, but like deliberate groups of people. Like Darren will only send his stuff to Joe Tomaszewski. Uh, Nicholas Gareth and like other British dudes, David Soper. I'm struggling. I'm running out of British people. Um, <laughs> whatever. Um, Anya Vettergren. Uh, Elton John. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's like, and you won't send it to anyone else. Is that what, is that what you're saying right now? Kind of. Um, I think it, it's like an ongoing thing. It's an ongoing feedback loop. It's like you all have, like you're in a group text chat and it's the, it's the kind of stuff that you and I have done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but you have a couple other people that are like in your the circle of trust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if he calls it a brain trust, but that's what I call it. That's what I it think is. it sounds way cooler. Yeah. So on his video, I made a comment and said, uh, uh, Daz, I call him Daz now. Oh, no, you can't. <laughs> you got to earn that, John. <laughs> I said, I said, Daz, quit, quit bugging us about entering the brain trust. I'll let you know when there's an opening. <laughs> Uh, and he did, gave it a like oh he gave it a little heart oh yeah and that gave me the euphoria in the brain yeah, yeah. from the social media interaction and boom we're back on topic we're right there it is yes we wow. did it nice um 
All right. So you talked about um, the fact that we get the euphoric feelings, uh, the brain juices Mm -hmm. from that interaction of people liking that and commenting and saying, oh my gosh, you're the best painter I've ever seen. Yes. And all that kind of good stuff. Yes. Um, And where that has a downfall is to me, it, it puts you in a point of not staying hungry. If people say you're really good, in reality, you're okay, or you're good but not great. You aren't the best. You you lose that hunger to, to keep improving and pushing yourself harder and harder. I'm not saying everybody does that. I'm saying I see people that get that positive feedback and they keep going with that base coat wash with their process and, and yep with that process and they never innovate okay yep and so it, it it's a a forum for stagnation okay see to me it's the opposite it does keep me hungry desiring validation mm. and if i don't get the validation then something's changing and that's yeah. the impetus for change it's not for self-betterment or for any positive reason it's because i am not getting the validation that i once was getting um, I can, I definitely can see um, how what you're saying is a possibility and it might be just a matter of different personalities. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it does, the pendulum swings both ways on that, I think. I think so too. I think some of that's an, an internal part of it, whether the social media existed or not, or if you just brought your minis to the local store and painted and someone said, oh my gosh, your army is the best looking army I've ever seen. And then you're just like, I'm going to keep on doing this because this is obviously the best looking stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you don't necessarily need that. It's just the the worldwide exposure aspect. You get more people that are interested in the topic that you're interested in, um, the opportunity to look at it. Okay. And so that it just kind of amplifies things on a level that's not reality. I think saying it amplifies things is really echoing a thought that I'm having right now in my head. I think it takes the great parts of human interactions and the worst parts of human interactions and it magnifies them. Yes. So people's catty behavior, people's competitive behavior, mm-hmm. that gets worse. Okay. If I look at John's Instagram page and his resin beasts posts is getting three times as many likes as my posts are. And I have 18,000 followers and he has some podunk 1000. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell am I doing wrong? So if, if Instagram didn't exist, that emotion wouldn't exist. But it might exist if we like went to a competition and your thing won over mine, then I'd have that feeling. But the the access to such ready, com- easy comparison makes that emotion happen more frequently. So it, it increases its frequency and it magnifies its effect. Yep, it it absolutely does. And the other thing is, is why it, it shouldn't be always considered the same as entering it in the competition and you beating me is that this is literally anybody that downloads the app can give you a like, can give you a, you're the best painter ever. It's not all apples to apples comparisons Mm -hmm. from, you know, it's like your grandma saying you're the best figure skater and (laughs) you going to compete in the Olympics in the Russian judges. It's not the same. Okay. So, so giving them equal weight or giving grandma's opinion of you more weight because she loves you more doesn't make it more right. I'm kind of confused about what you're saying. 
So you're you're talking about weighting people's opinion of you in different ways. So I I value your opinion of me more than I value some random YouTube commenter, something like that. Yeah. Yep. What are you saying about that? Is that negative or positive? Or <clears throat> I, I, I I'm saying that you don't you need to take it all with a grain of salt when the numbers go up or okay. the comments you get from a random stranger are there. Okay. It doesn't mean that they don't have any value. It just means that you you need to put it in perspective. I think a big part of social media that is dangerous is that we lose perspective pretty yeah. easily on what is at the end of the day, what does it mean? How does that help me? How does, and, and maybe it helps me by giving me inspiration to get better or to push or to do the, finish the next one so I get the more good feels of posting another picture of another cool mini. Mm -hmm. And that can be the positive side. Right. The negative side is it gives you a false sense of confidence or a false sense of security or even a, a negative feeling of I'm not as good. I'm not worth it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and you I'm are. not getting likes. Right. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. All that's true. Another thing that's true about the negative part of social media, just because this is true of all social media, is that there is anonymity. Anonymity? Anonymousness? How do you say the noun form? Anonymity? Anonymity. Yeah. yeah, now you're helping with English language. And because of that, people can be real jackasses. Yeah. Big time. Um, with zero repercussion, other than maybe I'll ban you from my page or something like that. But due to that secrecy, people would say things that they would never say to me or to you or to anyone in person. And... I don't know. That's kind of the same thing I said last time. It's like the, the real, the evil of humanity is magnified almost. And in this case, it's just like people's thoughts, their inner id mm. uh, comes out in ways that it never would have come out if not for this anonymity. You're getting all Freudian on us here. I know. I used the word id. All right. Um, have you have you experienced or seen where people get nasty on, on painting yes. comments? Yes. Really? On Instagram? Yes. Oh, I have not. I and, and maybe I'm just I don't read enough comments, but I especially I see it more on Facebook. I feel like maybe it's just because um, you just see more of a, a wider range in Facebook groups of painting levels, and so I notice it there. But I I don't really see people dogging on each other for their paint work, paint jobs. Usually, if it's if it's not good, people are usually like trying to say like, here's one thing you could work on, or it just won't get likes or any comments. So here's a scenario. I think you'll understand why it happens. People making fun and ridiculing box arts from Forge World specifically. Mm -hmm. So like sometimes it's not the greatest and the artist isn't listed there. So it's like, I can make fun of this because I'm not hurting anybody because no one painted this that I know, or it's not listed. Yeah. But like someone actually painted that. Yeah. And that's sometimes that's a little bit harder to realize. Um, and maybe if Forge World and GW listed their artists maybe that happened less maybe it wouldn't i'm not saying they should i'm just saying that that's what i've seen um on instagram and don't even don't even get me started on youtube i get crapped on every single video oh yeah that see that's different though do you get yeah. cra do you get crapped on because you they say you're a crappy painter has um, anyone ever yes. said that absolutely yeah really yeah i have a whole folder of screenshotted comments that are that are mean comments because i use them in videos um because it's funny uh and several of those are like this, this guy has no idea what he's doing. He's trash, like, et cetera. Really? Yeah. Well, then maybe you uh, should figure something out. <laughs> better uh, lose the bait. Uh, yeah, I'm just doing it in real life. It's okay if I do it. It's not social media. Yeah, 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 I can yeah. see it right now. Sure, sure, sure. Um, 
Okay, I just I, I see it much less in our hobby as a whole from the painting side than I do from all other angles. It's of it. just because it's not big. Mm. It, you know, the more I understand things, the bigger things get. The, the bigger everything gets, the bigger the positivity, the bigger the negativity. Mm -hmm. So the bigger it gets, the the worse it'll get as well. Okay. Maybe not the worse it'll get because as the negativity grows, so does the positive stuff. Right. Um, you know, a little bit of yin yang. So while we're talking about the um, the 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 desire for for the the good feeling off of the likes and the in that, mm -hmm. um, we need to touch on uh, C and C. Oh yeah, well, I have no idea where this is going. Maybe like you just get more CNC when you're painting something popular. Uh, see what CNC stands for? Critique and criticism. Yeah, something like that. I think I'm pretty sure that's the same word said twice. Uh, a critique and a criticism aren't the same thing. And then what? Right? Yeah, uh, you can criticize is more of a negative. Critique is more of a. I thought it was constructive criticism. CNC. Like the and isn't actually uh, there. Yeah, I'm just making that up. Okay. <laughs> so I don't actually know. Constructive know. criticism would make better for CC. Yeah, this is probably a universally known acronym that I am looking like an idiot right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I just, uh, yeah, I... Uh, I don't actually know. I think that's what it is. Constructive criticism, welcome. Yes, it's CC, constructive criticism. Final okay. answer. Final answer. Okay. Um, $500. Uh, I hate this. I hate when people ask for that. They don't, they're not actually asking for you to give them constructive criticism. They're asking <laughs> you to say it's awesome. Yeah. They don't actually want you to tell them how to make it better. And if you do, a fight starts or you say, this guy's an idiot. He doesn't know how to paint anyway. I'm not listening to him. Yeah. That's how this shit works. And I just don't understand the point. You trust people that you have a relationship with. That's a brain trust For, thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right back to that. Trust people that you admire and you're not being a pest by getting feedback from them. <laughs> trust people that whose paint levels is similar or better than yours. Randomly going into my Age of Sigmar Nighthaunt group and asking for CNC on your spirit host has zero value. Zero value. Zero value. Okay, I think there's probably it's dangerous to be so uh zero value. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There probably is times when it is valuable. And there are probably times when people genuinely want brutal feedback. Um but there are definitely people that use that and masquerade it as wanting feedback but really just want warm fuzzies. Yes. You you I all right. Yeah. So there I mean there's a a large number of us that have said C and C, 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 welcome. Um, it is C and C. They do C plus C. Yeah. So that makes me question why we, why you had the plus in there. I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, this is one of those unsolved mysteries. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Right, let's get to the bottom of this. The comments will figure it out I, for us. And I think it perpetuates and people don't think about it because so it's so often done that people are like if i'm going to share a picture on uh online especially facebook groups that i need to say that part too because i do want to get better and i see everyone else does it so i'll just do it too but very rarely does anything actually come of that that is implemented or that brings value to it people will just say it looks good People will say people just want to be here. It looks good, or they will 
toss away anything that you said and because it doesn't apply to them for and, some reason. And this is another interesting thing about uh, social media that I want to bring up. Because there are things like Instagram and whatever else you may use to collect a gallery of images of your work, your Reddit posts, mm -hmm. um, your Facebook posts, whatever it is, um, there is an online gallery by which you can be weighed and measured mm. and so it's like so say someone gives cnc it's like okay i'm gonna go and look at this guy's profile and see if his csc and cnc has value yeah and the things he may be saying may have value and may be right like hey you need more contrast in this area and maybe consider using a different color in this area but as soon as you judge that person by their gallery their catalog of photos like it just, it twists you into this person that is unable to take feedback from anyone who isn't like clearly abundantly better than you are. Right. So it's like, you put yourself up for the world to see, you put yourself up for, you'd be judged by the world as well. And, you know, and, and found worthy or whatever, however you want to say it. Um, so it's kind of, that's kind of a danger. And it's very, I don't say it's very rare, but it's not common that people that you'd look at their portfolio and be like, oh crap, are actually going to comment on your random pictures of spirit hosts in the right. night haunt group. Like yeah. it just doesn't happen that much. There are those knights in shining armor all over the place, but you know, they're, they're but one man. They can't be everywhere <laughs> okay. with this, with okay. their own portfolio of amazing work and giving you these little golden nuggets yeah dude they got for they're, free. they're painting minis man they ain't yeah. giving feedback they to every single pleb that comes across their paths yeah. and i do want to say that don't please don't bite my head off for saying find your own brain trust get people you trust john i'm new to this no one i don't know anybody in my town that paints i don't I haven't established that yet mm, this yeah. is my starting point i i totally empathize right and that's why you, I you know, randomly emailed Scott on the internet one day, you know, a couple of years ago, because I didn't have anybody either. And um, I think, you know, make connections with folks in your Facebook groups, you know, start chatting in the subreddits, um, reach out to random people that you really like their work on, you know, on Instagram and ask them a single question. If they don't respond back in a week, what is it? What does it hurt for you to do right, that? Yeah. You know, it, it, like all things in life, you have to step out on a ledge at one point or another if something good is going to come of it. And so I get that, but you just want to cast a wide net. And maybe you maybe you do post in your Facebook group, you know, your Iron Hands Facebook group, new hotness, hotness about your, your paint scheme. Maybe one or two dudes respond and they give you good feedback. Then you Facebook message them and you say Pursue thanks them. for that. Yeah. Like be a damn human being and build relationships. Yeah. And, and I understand we all got to start where you have none of that, but that should be something you work towards. And in the, because of the day and age, the virtual lives we live, it, you don't have to have anybody in your town to right. build those friendships. Absolutely. Yeah. I also, um, I think I speak for myself and John, like whenever a Facebook group allows for, or a Reddit subreddit allows for the posting of miniatures and pictures for constructive criticism, it's fine to do that. Mm -hmm. Do it. Uh, just do it and actually want it. Mm -hmm. Like don't do it and masquerade it as wanting to get compliments. Do it because you want criticism and evaluate all of the critiques you're getting and, and consider them strongly and apply them to your following projects. 
you, you have to kind of prepare yourself to be ripped apart and born anew a little bit. You got you to phoenix it up a little bit because that's what CNC is. CNC is, you know, it's like you are being exposed to what you are doing wrong and it hurts. And, but it's all part of growth. Um, so yeah, like if your iron hand, if your iron hands group says, you know, CNC pictures allowed, do it. Um, but just do it honestly. I want to put an asterisk on that. Okay. This, this will loop this back into one of the more positive aspects of social media. Okay. If we count YouTube. I mean, there are videos on Instagram now, but it, it bothers me when I see people post something to a very basic level and even to maybe a moderate level of painting and ask for CNC when <laughs> you have all these resources at your fingertips and oh videos and how to improve at a basic level that you should be using that as your guide before you start asking folks for how do I get better at this? Dude, you need to learn to freaking Google and don't just be asking everyone to spoon feed you individually. Self-sufficiency is a huge yeah. problem in general. Yeah. Go watch videos. Yeah. Vince has like 7 million videos on how to paint literally anything. Very specific things. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and there's a ton of great videos for how to begin in mini painting. And like there's... I think that there's probably just a level. I don't know what that level is, but there's a certain level where then it's like, I feel like, okay, yeah, I get that. This guy really is. He's solid. You can tell he's really trying hard. There's just one aspect. He's like, I just can't make these boots look like they've been running through mud. You know, like I, I, I looked and I couldn't find any YouTube videos. You know, here's what I did. How do you think I could make that look better? Yeah. You know, that, that I'm cool with, but like self-sufficiency. You know, you put in the work yourself before you find yourself to be burdensome to others. Yeah. And when people can tell that you're trying to be self-sufficient, they are more willing to give feedback. If it's like, this guy's not trying, I'm not going to try either. It's like, I don't want to have to bring someone up from like ground zero all the way up to just like basic, like understanding of the hobby when like they clearly aren't putting in that same effort mm -hmm. in terms of trying to be trying to self-improve mm. and, and maybe they are i mean very it's very likely that they are trying hard you're on just the very early on in the, the painting yeah yeah, yes. yeah they're just very early in the process and you need to trust that if i keep trying and if i followed the the good videos that i found there online you'll see that how they did it and i know that it will look good once i put more time in because theirs looks good following the same steps they're showing me yeah if i do that too i'll keep getting better you know, sometimes here's the plus side to that, you know, getting the euphoric feeling of posting stuff online is sometimes I know it's my first Reaper skeleton and it doesn't look great. I want to post it because I want, I'm, I'm proud of it and I want to share it. Mm -hmm. And I, my pride will go up when I get likes and people are like, wow, that's great for your first mini. Cause you know, those happen all the time, all the time. Yeah. You know, and that's good. Don't, be ashamed to share that because even though this is a very solitary hobby, it is also something that is artwork and artwork does not thrive unless it's experienced. And so it's okay to share for that reason. If you're going to use that in a positive way to want to keep getting better, if you're just doing it to say, I'm just going to do this to show people how great I am. And you don't actually push to get better. That's where it, you're, you're in danger of, of just being a narcissist. <laughs> okay. You mentioned art having value through being experienced or something like that. 
Yeah. So, I mean, if you, if tonight you painted the best miniature ever to be painted <laughs> and then you put it in the back of your closet and you didn't show it to Sam and I and it stayed in there until you died and somebody came in and cleaned, cleaned it out and they threw it in the garbage. Was it ever really the best mini ever painted? This is like if a tree fell in a forest yeah. and does it actually make a sound? Yeah. It doesn't. Was it? It doesn't matter. I think you're asking the wrong question. Did I have fun painting it? Did I feel validated painting it? Did did it, it was it a stepping stone for my improvement? There's so much more to painting a miniature than having others experience it. While it is important, and while literally every model I paint is an experience for someone else because that's all I do. <laughs> I make you go through it with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think there is more to painting the miniature than just the experience. I'm not, I'm not sure if you're making that claim that there is only value in art when it is experienced. I don't think you were saying that. Uh, no. I mean... Th- Kind of, maybe this, maybe I've like opened up a wound here in myself that I, <laughs> I, ooh, I don't really like painting. I just like the end product. Uh, so. Okay, no, 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 that's something else. Okay, I think I'm similar, and my cushion on my chair is sliding out from my knee right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm adjusting. Okay, um, I am similar to that. There are lots of parts of painting a miniature that are really, really like burdensome and pedantic. Yeah, and that's, that's not enjoyable. No. Um, and there are other parts, particularly the last five percent of the model that's yes. like this is kick ass um, and why does see and see why does it feel that way because it looks so much better now and you're did. just like envisioning oh yeah, the people like, yeah. get to see it now and yeah. now that's amazing my plans are unfolding everything is good i'm past the ass phase mm-hmm. um i really wish i liked all of painting miniatures i don't know if anybody does <laughs> I hope someone does. Yeah. Because they're going to be sure being way better than us. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like we're kind of discovering a problem right now <laughs> that we are oh, experiencing. Uh, I, I've I, asked this question yeah. in Adepticon interviews. Like, do you enjoy like the entire process or do you enjoy the, the outcome? And I'm not sure if I'm getting entirely honest questions. Uh, sorry, honest answers. But I'll, actually, I want to... I want to turn this to the audience. Like I would love to hear your guys's opinion about this. Like, do you enjoy the majority of the process of painting miniatures or do you enjoy, do you enjoy less than 30% of it? How about Mm. we'll say that? Uh, Let us know because I think I love making bases. That's pure joy for Mm me. Um, I love seeing the completed thing. I love conversion the idea of conversion because that's like almost like creation. Yeah. Um, but the process, I don't think I like it all. It's daunting. At least that's the way I get. I, I, my brain focuses on every single step from the very beginning. Okay. And I get overwhelmed by all that's need going to need to be done and not only does it show, does my brain get overloaded with every step, I also don't know every step. I only know maybe about 50%. So then my brain is also telling me, John, all those things that are in your brain right now, let's double it. And then of those, <laughs> one third of those, you're going to screw up and have to do again. So now your steps are like 70. And I still don't have my fr- brush on the miniature. Like it's, that's just how I do it. What I do like 
the whole process for is just not thinking about not just like let's just chill pick them in it looks freaking cool i don't care what it turns out like let's just do it that's fun but i also don't go shouting from the rooftops look at this thing because it doesn't look that good at the end right yeah i just had a, a a moment um i was listening to what you said I, sure oftentimes i'll have moments I, I i understood we should or someone should someone who actually knows how to do this uh, should devise like exercises that you can do to find more enjoyment in the things you want to find enjoyment in. Mm. I'm sure this is way deeper than miniature painting. There's probably books about this. Yeah. It was like, I love miniature painting, everything about it. Yeah. Other than doing it. (laughs) (laughs) How ridiculous is that? Um, I want to, I would love to love every part of the painting process, but I don't. So it's like, do I, do I do a goober town hobby roulette thing? And do I pick five random paints and in a one random model and just roll with it? Mm-hmm. And whatever happens, happens. Is that, is that, is that a way to train my brain to like the process mm. or is there something else I could do? Tell me if this is a reality or me making something up there. You there's the, there's an inverse graph here right the the harder i try for the quality to be better at the end the less fun it will be during the process oh man and the lower the quality standard i put myself to the more i enjoy the actual process i think you just you just struck a little bit of gold right there and you know who's the person i think of when you say this the one professional painter i think of Hmm. And who emphasizes joy and not quality, uh, but still paints high quality because his skill level is high. Can you guess? He's bald. Roman Lapot. Roman Lapot. Uh-huh. Roman Lapot doesn't paint for anybody but himself. Uh-huh. And he has years of industry experience. He gets paid to paint. And his stuff isn't always like amazing, like Kirill Kanayavs might be. Uh-huh. Um, but he some of it's amazing. I love it. Uh, it's worth mentioning that. Yeah. Um, but he just paints for himself in like, I want to talk to him now yeah. about that. Another thing about social media, we really can't just not say as a positive, if we're talking about positive and negative, is that none of this would exist if not for social media, this podcast, my YouTube channel, John's Instagram, uh, having an amazing person's talent within a few browser clicks would not exist without social media. Great. Are you, are you, are you saying you're an amazing person's yes. talent? Yes. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, no. Um, you are, you are absolutely right, Scott. So we went down the, like the real negative side, pretty the hard dark there. side of social media, right. but that's just it. Like with, with all the dark, there will be light. Okay. Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's I wouldn't know any of these amazing artists I wouldn't have seen all, any of these crazy crazy paint jobs I would not know it's possible yeah I wouldn't think you know wait you see a Carol painting and you're like there's a reflection of a knight that's swinging a sword in his helmet yeah. that is not humanly possible it's the size of my little fingernail <laughs> <laughs> that, it's just crazy it, it allows and it has immensely increased the level of of quality as a whole in miniature painting oh yeah in the shortest period of time you could con- even consider yeah. because of social media yep and so 
we have to tip our hat to that. Yeah. It's, it has an amazing impact, um, but that impact does not come without a cost. We go back to the last episode and we talked about our origin. Was that our last episode? Or two yeah, episodes? yeah, yeah. It's all blurring together now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've done We've so many. In, We've been in this basement for days. <laughs> yeah. I'm just recording podcasts. <laughs> um, I said that I didn't, when I was 13 years old or 12 years old, and I got those metal D&D minis. I had no white white dwarf. Yeah. Obviously, there was no internet. I didn't know. Obviously, what it, there was no internet. Because you are ancient. I am old like mold. <laughs> All right. well, that's a nice one. Um, so I I didn't know what was possible. And so I, my imagination didn't fuel me because of that. Mm-hmm. And that is the absolute inverse of my story of learning to actually paint and really wanting to get good because I saw what was possible mm-hmm. and saw how much that excited me of what you could do. And so many people that I follow either on Instagram or, or through Facebook to see their journeys of how quickly when they make a priority of really wanting to improve their painting, how quickly they can do it. Yeah. And social media really allows that to happen. So yeah. It's a good feels. Yeah, good feels. Ending on good notes is always a good thing. Um, so no, it's not ruining social media. <laughs> or it's, it's, not, not, it's not ruining miniature painting. Miniature painting, yeah. No, it's making it better. Mm-hmm. But there there are growing pains associated with it. Like all like all tools, and it is, you consider it a tool Definitely. for your own improvement. Yeah. Or enjoyment or entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to use it. For the right reason. With great power. <laughs> yeah. Comes great Don't, responsibility. And and ignorance is never an excuse, as my high school history teacher once said. Okay. Right. I'm so, quoting Uncle Ben. You're quoting your history teacher. Okay. Right. Who was also an uncle, but his name was someone, ben. but he didn't die. He wasn't Spider-Man's uncle. I'm just thinking of Uncle Ben's instant rice when you said that. <laughs> no, like, no, Uncle Ben is Spider-Man. Oh, right. Right, right, right. But Yeah. I think we're going to stop there because uh, we've been talking a lot about this. We have a lot of news to get through. We do have newsy news. Our next and final segment uh, for the regular edition of the podcast. And I started on the main topic. So you pick a topic to to discuss first. All right. Let me me consult the Book of Armaments. Uh, I talked about, uh, alluded to a foreshadowing of Dallas Camp earlier. Yeah, what about Dallas? Uh, Dallas Kemp is an amazing painter. Um, we've we've known of Dallas. I don't, have you ever met Dallas? Yeah, I've interviewed him for Adepticon videos. Oh, yeah. Someone I, didn't watch that video. Hmm. I, oh, yeah, well. <laughs> was this like 2016 or 17? The Jeez, most man. recent one. Oh, no. <laughs> not, well, not 2019 because he wasn't there in 2019. Okay. Garen damn it. Did I make a there. video? I did make a video for Adepticon, but I didn't interview people. Yeah, we just we just like, ran around and did crap. <laughs> ran around and played Dance Dance Revolution. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> okay, so no, it was twenty eighteen. Okay. That's right. I'm right. I'm always right. <laughs> so you you do know Dallas. I don't. Yeah, yeah. Um he's cool guy. but uh, he seems super, super cool. Um he was the the main painting man at P three for many years and now he has started a new chapter in his life with a company called Atomic Games. Mm. And yes. he's he's really uh pushing that social media um outlets as well with Atomic Games and he does have some live stream um painting that he does with their product and their new product is a Marvel 
miniatures game. Finally. Wait, wasn't there? Didn't Knight? Or was that not a game? The Knight. That was a game. Uh, Knight Models was a game, but it's been gone for freaking forever. Yeah, they still have DC, don't they? Oh yeah, they got they're going hard on that. That, yeah. that, that I think that's their bread and butter. They got mm. a Harry Potter game too. They used to have Star Wars stuff, but that all, I I don't know if they were legally doing Marvel stuff. I gotta imagine they were because they were using their iconography. They used the word Marvel, all the same names as the superheroes, and maybe they just couldn't afford it. After I, a while. I bet it. I. I have no data to back this up, but I bet it has something to do with the transition to Disney. Disney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At we that point, af- yeah, nope, yeah. you can't you can't afford it. Right, right. Prior to that, I'm sure. It was so good. I don't know how many years ago that was, but I want to say it was like three or four. Sounds about right. Like, I think before we started seeing the Avengers movies at all, that had stopped happening mm. legally. Um, so it's been a while. Mm. Um, <laughs> There's hero clicks. Oh, yeah, but those are not really... Yeah, they're they're cool. little like Burr. derpy bendy, whatever. But it has all the stats on the bottom of the thing, man. It's so yeah. much simpler. Yeah. I don't know if it's a fun game or not. Not actually played Heroclix. Haven't either. But the models Looks for like this new Atomic Furbies. Games, oh. uh, Marvel game. What is it? Oh, let me. I want to get the official name correct. It's I like polish. critical something. But yeah, the models look pretty great. Um, they're not amazing. They're not GW level of plastic, um, but they are. How? What would I equate them to? Like a step above Kumani or not's plastics. Maybe, maybe like P3's stuff or Malifaux's stuff. Maybe that level. That that's that's where they're at. So a hundred percent paintable. They look wonderful. Very iconic characters. Mm-hmm. So it's Atomic Mass Games. Atomic Mass Games. Uh, oh, sorry, Dallas. And the game is called Marvel Crisis Protocol. Protocol. Okay. Which is a great name, Crisis Protocol. Yeah. Like, what's our protocol in this case of crisis? Unleash the Hulk. Yes. Boom. <laughs> That's the game. Um, I've heard really good things about the game. The thing that I really like about the miniatures is the um, the poses. I feel like they capture some of the personality and who the character is in a lot of their poses. Okay. Like Spider-Man is doing the Spider-Man leap. Oh, good. This? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> John is lifting his legs up in the chair and putting his hand in between his legs right now. Yes. And um, thrusting. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and he's like doing it off of a newspaper uh, those newspaper dispenser things, I think. Oh, nice. So it's it's so much so much action there. I just love that one. I immediately was thrown, drawn to the Hulk is doing like this like slow motion Hulk run. It's like you can just see his bulk. Mm-hmm. So is it the, the minis have a good sense of weight to them of what how big this guy is or light this guy is like Spider Man affects their pose and I I really think they're they're quality stuff. So uh, that's all I got to say about that. I have, but, a, I have a small story. Oh. I emailed them and I emailed their press team. I was like, hey, I'm a YouTuber. I have subscribers. Can I get a copy of this game to paint a miniature before the game comes out? Like uh, an advanced copy. And I got, they, they, they sent, they fired back an auto response was, please fill out this form for press reasons. So clearly they've been getting tons of requests because they have like this whole system set up uh, for press stuff. And it was a bunch of questions about whatever. And maybe two days ago, someone responded and they were like, we're sorry, we don't have enough press copies to give to everyone. So we're going to have to pass this opportunity. And I was like, 
that sucks. Oh, well. Literally two minutes later, uh, another email came and it was like, actually, ignore that. We're sending you one. <laughs> and I was like, maybe you just didn't check the You full... didn't know who I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check yourself. Or rather, <laughs> check my, check me. Um, maybe they just didn't fully check the details. Um, but I'll be getting a copy advanced because I'm cool. Oh. And you're not cool because guess what? Coolness is defined by the number of subscribers you have. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Tying it back to the main topic. But no, it's wow. cool. I'm glad to get it. You can wow. look at them. You can't touch them, but you can look at them. <laughs> can't touch them. <laughs> um, See, that's one thing. Uh, the other wanna, thing that I want to talk about. Box. <laughs> it's not here now. Uh, it'll be here soon. I'll, I'll, I'll like catch them as they're going to your front door. <laughs> Slice in open the, the box. Yep. Poop and then, it, then tape it back. Yep. Just it. Just let it. Just shake it a bunch and no, put no. it on your doorstep. Don't do that. Well. Um, that's what you get top three ever chosen were decided um, one of them an acquaintance of ours a friend of ours Troverian Christopher Eichhorn mm-hmm. um, was one of the finalists I don't know the other two finalists do you know them no I mean their work's amazing yeah but yeah, yeah, yeah but I like their name didn't jump out at me in terms of recognizing who they were Maxime Panaud Johan Ledoux and Christophe Oh, his name's not Christopher. It's, yeah, it's Christoph Eichhorn. Um, yeah, he was in Frozen. Frozen? Christoph. Okay, see, this is a thing where I don't you want You don't have that. children. don't so. have children, yeah. Um, Maxime might be the Maxime. No, that's Maxime Pastorel. Never mind. Okay, so I don't know any of these people other than, uh, other than Christoph. And oh. also, if you want to see this, all this news stuff is going to be linked in, in the show notes. And additionally, if you got some news for us to comment on, there is an email for you to send uh, news articles to. Uh, it's uh, news at trappedunderplastic.com. Please, if you do that, send us a link to the thing that is relevant to what you want us to talk about. Don't just be like, hey, I heard this happen. It's like, I, I want to see like the, 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 the document, the news article, a video, something so that I can look at it and not have to search around for it because I'm lazy. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, linking is, is great. It's also, great, yeah. you know, put your name in, in the submission too because if we end up saying like, oh yeah, that's really stinking cool we should talk about this then we can like credit you and be like yeah hey billy thanks for you know for letting us know about this why is billy like the oh. name of a 10 year old oh billy why why can't billy because it's william when you become a man you're a will oh. when you're a boy you're a billy that's what it is okay billy and jimmy <laughs> and double dragon were badasses and not little boys I don't know who that what that is. Is that a book? You don't know what Double Dragon is? No, is that a book? It's a video game. No, I don't know what Double Dragon is. Oh, Jesus. Oh, jeez. All right. You comment you comment below about Double Dragon and Scott not knowing anything. Hey, in one of our comment sections, the other one, the guy was talking about Altered Beast, and he said that we were too young to remember what Altered Beast was. <sighs> And I had a second Genesis, and I had Alter Beast. Oh, right. Uh, Midwinter Minis. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are about the same age. Yeah, exactly. Like 76. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You have anything else you want to say about Ever Chosen Um, and the finalists therein? The Ogroid Thaumaturge (laughs) might be my favorite GW sculpt of all time. Really? Okay. The the, the pose is a BA. Yes. I love it. Um, The Abhorrent Arch Regent is the second 
model that's the finalist and it's a cool model and the dude painted it really well but is there a but to this i'm feeling a but coming he didn't do anything because cool i like to it. the base that's true um i like it but yes it's it's very technically well painted as mm-hmm. ben comets once told me um <laughs> <laughs> and the final one uh finkel is einhorn Traverian. um <laughs> he went with nurgle which was a smart move you always go nurgle mm. And I think he just crushed it. Intense coloration, intense dark shadows. Yeah. A fun base. Yeah. He didn't go heavy on the weathering, which is not common in in Nurgle stuff. Typically like he went that, subtle, yeah. that shoulder blade, like if I would have painted that shoulder blade, it it wouldn't be shiny like that. And so I kinda appreciate it that he did. Like he took a clean approach to Nurgle, so it makes the grody like stomach maggots a little bit more like alarming putting yeah because all the all the gush doesn't just blend with more gush it's just like <laughs> you, know, you have a kind of normal skin tone but also your stomach is full of maggots what's going on bud right yeah it's There's weird something alarming here um <laughs> i think november 2nd is when the they will be announced okay and, and so we are recording this in october okay so we got some we got some time to wait still a little bit, but yeah, we'll we'll maybe talk about the winner um, at that point. And I wonder if we should like, should we? Let's do. Oh, it. Let's, it's not let, gonna matter. Let, let's, let's guess. Let's, let's guess. vote. Yeah, what was your pick? Okay, oh, no, no, we'll do it on three. Okay, so we okay, all right. So we have to say we'll just say a number for simplicity's sake. One is the Olgroid Thaumaturge. Two, a Boron Archregent. Three is Lord of Blights. Okay. So on three, you say which number that is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let me just give me one final look. One final look. I haven't actually I haven't really placed the, them the before. quality of the paint. I mean, we're looking on cell phones right now. Looking at, we're looking on, on cell phones on their site. I mean, the, here's the thing. They all did, all three did well. They took damn good pictures. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, I think I, I... I'm locked in. All right. I... Gosh, this is really close. No, it's not. <laughs> you're like if you were smart you'd know this isn't close if all. you knew what i knew back are you sean connery again yeah money penny <laughs> <laughs> all right you all right ready something. ready one two three 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 i think trevarian has developed this wonderful composition on his model that makes you look at the things that you need to look at. I think this, this deep shadow with the combination of rich color is, is just, is at a, at like a, looking at just the whole picture as a whole, it just looks wonderful. I think this aberrant, uh, arch regent, um, while it is painted good, um, I don't think it's bringing anything new to the table that I haven't seen before. Um, that's what most of us would think, but what would, the GW judges think. Right. We'll find out. On we'll November find, right, we, don't, we put some money on the line on this? Uh, like chicken tendies? <laughs> yeah, we'll put some, let's put some tendies on it. We'll yeah, put yeah. tendies on the line. All right. Kane's tendies. Loser buys Kane's tendies. Deal. All right. Fine. Fuck. I feel bad about my odds right now. I picked wrong. Okay. You did pick wrong. I did. I was <laughs> just going to go. You were the guy. You, you, you crapped in this guy's base. Then you said he's going to win. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wanted us to pick different ones. Oh. Look at how I'm backtracking right now. We did pick different ones. I know because I was I wanted to look at you play the underdog. yourself for the playing the other dog. All right, sake. good luck, good luck, Trevarian. I hope you win. Yeah, 
Um, but you also, I also hope that Scott has to pay for attendees. So uh, yeah. I kind of hope you don't win. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Third item. Third item. Uh, let's talk about some toads. Yeah. That happen to be broken. broken. Yeah. Broken toad. Broken toad. What about broken toad? They are a company that makes things. <laughs> I mean, they do, we they do some it, sculpts. We take it slow around here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're in the miniature hobby realm. All I know about broken toad is three things. One. They're from somewhere in Europe. England. England. Two, they make some really pretty cool, uh, unique models. Don't make a lot of models. Like, they just have random stuff, but it's really good. Okay. I think they have a decent catalog. I'm not sure, though. But sure, yeah. Three, they make good brushes that don't exist anymore. (laughs) Anymore? They make good brushes. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Broken Toad announced that their third series, the MK3, is launching. And Scott and I found out about the pre-order. <gasps> and we texted each other and said, let's go pre-order. <clears throat> and they were all sold out. Immediately. Immediately. And we didn't get the broken toad brushes and we're sad face. Uh, I don't want them. Did you Did you get the impression that I wanted them? <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, I have the Mark II series. Oh, look at you. I don't have any Marks. I don't have Jeff's. I don't have Gary's. I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was good. I don't um, okay, I reviewed them in my brush video. And I know, and you said they were super good. They're super sharp, but they, they don't have enough body they're not thick enough i want one of them thick lasses. you want the apple bottom jeans. jeans yeah absolutely um i like a thick brush with higher capacity they're good for recess shading you know what i want one for i want one for to do those little tiny little scratches that's that, that too that too micro textures is that what the big guys call it we're gonna micro texture yeah that's what they call it can't I'm, confirm as being a big guy i would <laughs> I'm gonna get drunk tonight and, and ask Sam about micro textures. Do it. He's gonna get mad at me. He probably will. Uh, yeah. So the I don't. I mean, maybe. So okay. The thing about these these brushes. The thing about Broken Toad as a company in general is that they really pride themselves on having quality stuff. Yes. From casts to doing things legally, legitimately, licensing their products, licensing licensing their art, and with their paint brushes, everyone's always like, "Why are these so hard to get?" And Broken Toad always says, "Because." the sable hair industry is a sable hair is a resource you have to find and it's not always available and what other companies like Raphael, like windsor and newton maybe like rosemary and co they will find subpar um stuff and weasels brushes out of it yeah and this affects the end product whereas broken toes like we're only going to make brushes when we can find good stuff period um so I don't know if that translates to brushes that last longer or give you a better painting experience. Um, maybe that's true. They only like weasels that come from families of money. Yeah. They like they the want like ones. upper yeah. class weasel fur Dude, tails yeah. only. The young ones. Yeah. Uh, not old. You know, no, we got that fur. old crashy dingleberry fur. Yeah, no. <laughs> we matted primo fur. Primo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, young young weasel. You know what the That's other like thing a I... rapper's name. <laughs> yeah. Hey yo young weasel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh I I really appreciate that their their quality how they pride them on it and they don't bend you over on price even though they they hold their own quality standards so mm-hmm, high. Mm-hmm. Like their stuff no matter what products they sell don't seem to be an exorbitant price because they 
hold themselves to the standard. It's like a Rolex selling you its watch for, you know, $500 right. instead of 55,000. Right. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to relate them to a, 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 a film gear brand, but that would be stupid because no one knows who aperture is, but it doesn't matter. I did it anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you just brought it in to pat yourself. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I know about this. Yeah. Uh, Let me but, just name drop my, Tech star. <laughs> Anything else you want to say about Broken Toad MK3, which you can't get anyway, so it's like... I know. I, I need the hookup. I'm going to go to the weasel farms of Eastern Russia. Email them. Be like, get me on that list. Get me on that list. No, yeah. that won't work. Um, anyways, next in the news. Probably don't need to talk about this for a long time, but freaking Wendy's. Wendy's! Made a and d supplement or a campaign or something where you can play as freaking Wendy herself or, it, or something else and battle a legally distinct Ronald McDonald. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, what the heck? Who wants to do this? Why do they make this? Can we talk about the cultural significance here for a moment? Yeah, this is crazy. Yes. yes. This yes. is so insane that uh, the, the nerd subculture is now in such a mainstream level that we are talking about the fast food giants of our world are recognizing and catering to these nerds that they know they eat all the fat foods. Yeah. Let's just call a spade a spade. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, yeah. Like, what the heck? If, if there's ever a significant marker of we made it, this seems like it. It's yeah. like, what the heck? I mean, I kind of want to try it out. I don't know. Uh, dude, are we going to get some spicy nugs later? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll get some spicy nugs and we'll play some Wendy's d <laughs> Yeah, we will. <laughs> yeah, we will. I, I want to be the... You're going to be Grimace. Yeah, like the purple purple <laughs> guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I said I wanted to be. Yeah. I, I was going to say that. Um, I'm sorry. Stole yeah. your thunder. Uh, that's, I didn't know his name, so it was fine. Uh, um, yeah, okay. You know what's next? What's next is Mountain Dew Gamer Fuel with Space Marines on it. Oh, yeah. When is the when is uh, Games Workshop going to like pair up with like a an energy drink brand or something like that they don't pair up with anybody oh yeah they do shut up yeah they do have you ever seen oh, the, video games what's wrong with you oh i guess they do and they did the new the band the new bandai dude yeah and, and the funko pop yeah and the little kids comic books keep talking about how you're wrong <laughs> yeah um yeah they, 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 they've done a lot of pairing up in the recent past with the change in administration and ownership and whatnot um so yeah yeah, they drained the swamp over there, <laughs> and they got new leadership. <laughs> okay, see, what if what if the previous leader of GW is listening to this podcast right now? We're taking digs on him too. Yeah, he's starting up like an, another company that's going to come hard at him, and they're like, he's looking like I'm looking for two young guys that can lead up all my PR and my video making and want to make a million dollars a year. That's and then us. he watches this. Oh, and it's not us. And then it's not us. Okay, yeah. We just ruined our future careers. <laughs> this is what we learn. The more we talk, the crazier this gets. <laughs> the the more people hate us. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. Like, a lot of people. Uh, the more you talk, the the stupider the crap you say. The more you're hated. <laughs> yeah. And reviled. Uh, last news item, but certainly not least, we're talking about Darren Latham again. I'm sorry. Sorry, oh, Darren. We Latham. just love him too much. Positive things though. All right, so you this, put this down here. So I put this down because I want to have my own little tinfoil hat moment here for a second. Oh, okay. All right. So there's been one aspect of the miniature painting hobby that Games Workshop has not sunk 
its sinuous tendrils into. This is totally false, but go on. And that is the wet palette. Airbrushes, compressors. Shut up. Just let me have my moment. Okay. They, they've actually have made an airbrush. It's more of a paint gun. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I, have it, I have it down wow. in that drawer right there. I want to use it later. Okay, yeah. Is it like the Crayola marker? Do it to spray, gun? spray Mountain Dew in your mouth. Ah, no. that would be delicious. Okay, we're going. Um, they, in Warhammer TV, in, in every Duncan and Peachy video, they never use a wet palette. No. They use their palette paper, which is the what the hell is that? It's like a heavy cardstock. It's paper. Yeah. It's construction paper <laughs> that costs $8 <laughs> for 20 sheets. I think it has a little bit of a sheen to it, so it doesn't absorb yeah, paint doesn't so absorb much. Paint. But at the end of the day, it's go still going it to dry Kinko's. up. Yeah. Use the plastic artist palettes, dude. It's the same. Anyway. Yeah, it is. They, they never have ever crossed the threshold of the market of the wet palette. Yes. And if they freaking did, they'd make millions because there's not much out there. And I'm going to go ahead and say this too. Redgrass palette sucks balls. It sucks balls. It Masterson is the besterson. Okay. Okay. There's I've believed this, but have not stated this yet. Um, I, and I have over there and I'm testing right now the new Army Painter wet palette. Oh. Which is supposed to be an improved cheaper version of the everlasting wet palette and that remains to be seen i'm still testing it um but i agree the everlasting palette i sent them a laundry list of issues mm. and they didn't fix a single one and well, i was like fine that is that goes back to a discussion we were talking about a different like super secret topic earlier today about what if you if you do not truthfully want to improve your process or your product why are you why Asking are you seeking for, for feedback? Seeking you just feedback. want to advertise. That's what you want. Yeah. 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 We just want you to say good things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but GW. So, there's, not, there's just not... The market is, is largely untapped. Mm -hmm. And Darren Latham puts out his own video yeah. about and? making and using and saying how important a wet palette is. Boom. Nuke drop. Yeah. This is significant. Yes. It's significant because GW is all about vertical integration. Mm -hmm. Everything they use from the goddamn water cup <laughs> to the fucking paper is GW branded stuff. And now, I will, okay, I'm saying this video isn't going on G Games James Workshops, Games Workshops YouTube page. It's going on Darren Latham's yes. personal ones. But they have such a, a grip on, uh, I don't want to call it a grip, but like they have such brand integration opinion about like how their employees conduct themselves yes. outside of their actual career that it's surprising to see this yeah like i can't interview an evy metal painter yeah because like wh why can't he do it in his off hours like why does this have to be at all about games workshop i mean i mean it is because it's talking about evy metal painting but like why can't he have the personal autonomy to decide whether or not it's a good idea to inter get interviewed by me like why do why do i have to get your boss involved at all yeah it's weird because they have a very distinct and intense branding policy in place that their brand is so dolphins butt tight that they cannot <laughs> they, they cannot put themselves at risk for that and i'm not saying this in a negative thing actually for somebody that works in marketing communications i appreciate that they are sticking so closely to their vision and their brand mm-hmm they cannot be undermined 
and they they're they're putting themselves in a, in a situation to not be undermined and mm-hmm. i totally understand that which is why this is kind of weird to me yeah um and the other thing is it's is, not just the web palette either no what brushes does he use yeah what uh, Winsor Newton. Winsor Newton. Yeah. He doesn't use GW brushes. <laughs> he says it's a breath I of u- fresh air. I use these Winsor Newton brushes for the stuff I care about. For other things, I use Games Workshops. <laughs> it's honestly, and also, what is he use to put decals on? Yeah, not again, because that doesn't exist. No, so yeah, that, that's a little bit more admissible. Yeah, because that doesn't exist in the in, yeah, the, in their catalog. Yeah. And I get, and I also get that, like he's showing how to make your own wet palette and how they're useful because it doesn't exist in, in the um, Games Workshop sure, catalog. Right, right. So I, you know, it gets them, uh, you know, a little bit off the hook there. But an interesting thing to me too, and this is, I'm not, I'm going to stop talking about this really quick because this is getting down the, to the marketing and branding nerdy stuff. But okay. that his brand as an individual is very, very linked to his employer. Yeah. So in that regard. Any deviation is both endearing to his own personal brand, yes, but also um, a little bit of alarm raising of why it, why are they different? Um, I appreciate his honesty and him just saying he comes across as someone just like this is the truthful way that I do it. This is what I do, yeah, yeah. and and I think that's awesome. So that's why I brought that up. Yeah. Check out that um, video on how to make a wet palette from Darren Latham on YouTube. We'll link it below if you haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah. Like, so yeah, not, and we're not criticizing Darren at all for his inclusion of non-GW products in videos. I, and maybe John, is, is applauding it. Yes, it is a absolutely. Breath, it is a breath of fresh air. Um, so that's awesome. But yeah, I think that's going to do it for the news, right? That's it for the newsy news. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast, guys. Thanks for hanging out. We got Sam here in the outro for no particular reason. He lives outside, apparently. <laughs> he he came out for the after party here. We were having an after party. I feel sick and my foot hurts. <laughs> <laughs> what? It was the pasta, clearly. I poisoned Sam. No. Uh, so, yeah, if you guys like the show, tell your nerd friends about it. Give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. And you can find all this stuff anywhere where you can find podcasts, as we said in the beginning. If you like the show and you want to support it, you can find it on, uh, you can support us with things like merchandise, like this sweater I'm wearing right now, or we have a Patreon campaign uh, where you can get cool access to things like the after party, which is an extended version of the podcast. Anything else, John or Sam? I I, I give the floor to Sam. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm a big fan. Um, He's let's a just big keep fan. painting and spreading the love and try to elevate miniature painting because it's a very rewarding activity and it's meditation in this world of instant gratification. I'm probably rambling on too long. But, no, uh, this is good. It's a good thing. Boost the signal. It's just spread the word. Boost the signal. I like that as like a mantra. Yeah. That should be the name of something. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, though, <laughs> we're going to be out. See you in two weeks from now. Peace. <laughs>